podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another week of shows. Uh, Folks, here we are. We are at the end of 2022, final week of the year, leading into the final football game of the year and the first conference basketball game of the year. I think we're going to make it. I think think we will have a show every single day this week. Um, you know, t- tomorrow, as you guys are listening to this, the 27th, which also will be my 31st birthday, that might be the day, um, it falls through. I'm not, I- I'm not sure. So I just full disclosure in case anything too crazy happens in the next few days, I'm recording this on the 23rd. So th- I- I'm rec- recording this, uh, you know, with quite a bit of, uh, runway, until you guys listen to it, um, but the hope is to get a five-show week in there uh, before January. We start cutting it back. You know, we've been going five shows a week every single week, dating back to the end of June. So, uh, you know, just about half the year uh, going five shows a week. We will be doing two, maybe three, depending on some stuff. Uh, in the new year, but don't worry, there will be plenty of content. As always, stay tuned to the podcast feed and to at Bosco's Boys on Twitter to stay up to date with any sort of live show events. Any uh, in the new year, we are going to have some, you know, Bo- Bosco's Boys uh, broadcasts. We are going to be live streaming um, some sporting events. And doing some commentary, um, we have a new partner that we will be debuting in 2023. So stay tuned for that. I'm I'm very excited for uh, you know that news, um, and I think we're gonna have fun with that. I think that is going to be something that will be a lot of fun. Um, all right, today it, it's just gonna be talking about the history of bowl games through my eyes, my thoughts on bowl games uh, as it pertains to K-State, as it pertains to the Big 12, and as it pertains to um, college football and the college football lexicon as a whole. But before we do, and I love it, I love it so much when I see on Twitter, there's been a handful of people who tweeted at me, you know, in the in the week leading up to Christmas, because again, I'm recording this on the 23rd. Um, I hope everyone had a very safe and happy Christmas, uh, safe and happy Hanukkah. Uh, kicking off Kwanzaa, I believe, uh, today. It's also Boxing Day or the second day of Christmas, depending on how you guys celebrate it. But I've had so many people, and I hope everyone continues to do it. I hope that if you go in to 
Manhattan Brewing Company, their brewery, or pick up some four packs at a local liquor store. I hope you tweet me, tweet Bosco's Boys, and tweet at Manhattan Brewing Company. I want to hear about your experience. I want to hear how much you love the tastiest beer and the best beer in the state of Kansas. Heard from friend of the show, uh, you know, uh, at uh, Appleseed, I believe, Johnny Appleseed, uh, you know, uh, Michael Epley, great bonehead, one of the best boneheads, that he found a four-pack of the Tang Party down there in Wichita. So if you don't have it in your local liquor store, talk to whoever runs the craft beer section in your liquor store and make sure they are finding a way to get Manhattan Brewing Company beer in their liquor store today. All right, let's get into it uh, because I feel like bowl games have become a convenient punching bag for the you know the wannabe tastemakers, some of these folks in the college football lexicon, some of these uh, you know wannabe journalists, some of these people who are not truly college football people. They are just blue checks who cover the sport. I absolutely love bowl games. As I'm recording this, I have on, you know, in the Independence Bowl, Louisiana versus Houston in the Independence Bowl. Um, and it's a 16-16 game with six minutes in the fourth quarter. I know everyone wants to be like, oh, bowl games suck. Why do we have so many bowl games? They're meaningless exhibitions, all this type of stuff. And every time I hear that, that bothers me so much. And They'll point out, oh, look how many people are in the stands. Look at all the players opting out. Look at the coaches leaving. Doesn't matter to them. Why should it matter to us? Well, first off, yes, everything has changed. Everything continues to change in college football. It it does. It 100% does. Um, You know, it used to be making a bowl truly would make or break all of these different uh, seasons, all, all sorts of stuff. I, I understand all of it. I do. I, I 100% get, see what folks are trying to make out of it. But a lot of them are trying to say, you know, if it doesn't matter to the college football playoff, it doesn't matter to the national championship, all this type of stuff, I don't care about it. And this is why you've heard me rail and talk shit on the college football playoff and talk shit about the national tastemakers when it comes to the playoff. Because more than any other sport in the history of sports, college football has always been about more than just the national championship. It, it, it does. And you see it in bowl season. You know, I, I know the lazy talking point is, oh, what teams want to be there and what don't. Blah, 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 blah. And, and there is there is an aspect to that. Yes, I, I do get that. But it means so much to some of these football programs that get to go bowling. And it means so much to some of these coaches uh, re- regardless of the season. So anyone who has the lazy take, oh, it just doesn't matter anymore. Again, you're trying to look at it from some perspective of, only worrying about the top four teams year in, year out. And that has never and will never be the way I watch college football. 
We've talked about it on this show that the glory of college football are some of these dumb rivalry trophies. It's Tuesday night matching. You know, it's the Sun Belt playing random games on Wednesdays. <laughs> college football is the shortest season. It's the longest offseason. Yet, it's the season, it's the sport that so many of us love more than anything else. So, of course, people like us, people in our corner are going to love bowl games. You know, you see the big old, you know, dude running out there from Houston belly flopping on the field to grab a kickoff tee. You see the Cheez-It Bowl and the Duke's Mayo Bowl dumping, you know, the product on the coach after they win a game. You know, I love college bowl season because, hey, we're starting to get bowl games, you know, five days out of the week at weird times during the day. You know, I I will watch college football whenever it's on. And anyone who complains about the bowl season, they're not a college football fan. Don't listen to them in July as they're long, they claim they're longing for college football when they were complaining on December 23rd asking why anyone's watching the Independence Bowl. All you have to do, if you want the importance of bowl season, the magic of bowl season, as much as we like to, you know, poke fun of them, look at our friends down, down the east, down the east. See how much fun and how pumped they were when they got their sixth win. When KU beat an Oklahoma State team that it would be nice to JV teams everywhere if you called that a JV Oklahoma State team. But they celebrated that like it was the biggest win of their season. Why? Because they get to go to a bowl game. Think back to Bill Snyder's family se- or Bill Snyder's final season, the Bill Snyder family final season. Think back to the COVID season. Why were so many people okay and willing to move on from Bill Snyder? Why were so many people ready to give up on Chris Kleiman? It's because we were not going to a bowl game and that became the expectation. When you talk K-State football, it isn't, hey, what's the 12-game record going to be? It is, hey, we're going to be playing 13 games, and that is the expectation. Because bowl games matter. Because bowl games are fun. Do you remember the meltdown a few years ago? When, you know, whatever it was, the Camper Bowl... I don't even remember the sponsor of it. The, the sponsor of the Orlando Bowl before that became the Cheez-It Bowl, the first Cheez-It Bowl, because now there's two Cheez-It Bowls. Remember when Iowa State went to that and got to play Notre Dame instead of us? Remember when we floated from, you know, thinking, oh, maybe the Alamo Bowl, maybe the Cheez-It Bowl or whatever it was called, the Camper Bowl, and fell all the way to Memphis to the Liberty Bowl to play Navy? Remember how pissed off everyone was? Remember the PTSD that everyone carries around from the bowl selection in 1998? What about when we didn't get to go to the Sugar Bowl back in 2011? People still remember 
these perceived slights, you know, playing the Alamo Bowl in 98. People carry around these scars as K-State fans because, again, going to bowl games matter. The prestige of these bowl games matter. So, even with the playoff expanding and everyone's like, oh, play them on campus. We don't need the bowls anymore. Oh, once the playoff expands, bowls are going to mean less and less and less. You know, maybe that's ultimately what's going to happen, but it's not... Because people like you, people like me, the true college football fans, it's not because we don't like them. It's because that's what suits in New York think. You know, because the real college football fans, the real game of college football, it's the Independence Bowl being played at, you know, 3 p.m. on December 23rd. You know, it's Maction, Kent State versus Eastern Michigan on a Tuesday night. You know, these are where real college football fans kind of really cut their teeth watching these games. And I hope they never go away. You know, when they expand the foot or the college football playoff and these teams are playing on campus for the first round, those are going to be cool. Those are going to be really cool games. But I tell you what, I really hope they don't use that as justification to get rid of the Gasparilla Mower Bowl. You know, get rid of the Detroit Bowl. You know, the New Orleans Bowl. All these different games where we get to watch college football throughout all of December into the new year to get one final taste of this game that we love until we have to wait until, you know, August and September of the following year. So anytime someone talks about there being too many bowl games, anytime someone's talking about bowl games not mattering, all that type of stuff, I just roll my eyes because I love bowl season. Now, before we talk about some of the bowl games that the Big 12 is connected to, and I kind of recount some of my uh, memories and some history about K-State going to bowl games, I want to give a shout out to Charlie Hustle. Now, I've talked about how many of the crew neck sweatshirts I have, but I don't think I give enough credit to how comfortable their joggers are. I'm currently wearing a pair of their purple K-State joggers. And my friends, they're the most comfortable thing in the world. If you're someone who likes to wear joggers around the house when you're running errands or out on the go... You need a pair of these K-State joggers to go with your crewnecks, t-shirts, all the great Charlie Hustle stuff. Not only are they stylish, not only are they officially licensed by K-State, rocking that great K-State with the shaggy head Wildcat logo. But like I said, they're the most comfortable thing I own. I've been sleeping on them and I even have a couple pairs of them. I mean, hell, if you're a cold sleeper, I'm not, you know, I, I, I want, I, I, I'd rather sleep in an igloo, but these would be perfect to be wearing to bed in the winter. I'm rocking them around my house when I come inside from shoveling my walk. So I know you guys will love it as well. Let's get into the big 12 bowls. We've talked about this a couple times and as much as I do love and I do. I do love 
uh, bowl season. I don't love that the Big 12 was the only conference a couple years ago when everyone redid their bowl contracts. The Big 12 is the only one who didn't redo their contracts. We're going to be sitting with the same slate of bowl games for close to 15 years when the contract is done. And I got to say, I like our upper end bowl games. You know, having that Sugar Bowl contract, I think that is a lot of fun. I like being tied into the Sugar Bowl more than being tied into the Fiesta Bowl. I actually really like the Alamo Bowl. I know a lot of K-State fans, when they hear Alamo Bowl, the thing of that game versus Purdue, I'll kind of go through and uh, you know talk about some of my memories about bowl games. But I love San Antonio. I love that being a Big 12 bowl game. And I like the new Cheez-It Bowl, you know, in Orlando. I think that is fun. And you could even you could even talk me into being like, all right, you know, the Texas Bowl in Houston is fine. I don't know about that. I know it's been in the Big 12 for a while. K-State playing in the inaugural Texas Bowl. Um, it is what it is. I don't love that one, but you could you could talk me into saying, hey, keep keep it in the Big 12 footprint, yada yada yada. Like I, whatever, I I could I could buy into it, but when you get beyond that upper and then upper middle class of Big Twelve bowls, that's where it really turns to shit. The Liberty Bowl, while I enjoyed Memphis, the Liberty Bowl is the worst stadium I have ever watched a football game in. It is worse than Vanderbilt Stadium. It is worse. Then Jack Trice Stadium it is worse than Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. The worst stadium I've ever been to. Now, if we didn't play Arkansas that game, maybe I would think different about the whole Liberty Bowl experience. But I absolutely hated my experience at the Liberty Bowl. Would love to get rid of that. Then the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is the old Copper Bowl, the Insight Bowl. I think it was a Cheez-It Bowl once upon a time. Um... You know, it was the Cactus Bowl for a while. Again, K-State has a lot of history with this bowl. This was the first bowl that Bill Snyder went to. This is a bowl game that um, we've played in more than any other bowl game. But if you're going to be playing a bowl game in a baseball stadium, at least be a historic stadium. Again, I'm not clamoring to get into the Fenway Bowl or into the Pinstripe Bowl or anything like that. Um, and again, I, I think most folks would rather go to Arizona than uh, you know the Northeast, especially in December. But I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a football game in a baseball stadium, I'd at least want it to be a historic baseball stadium. So. Uh, it sucks, especially since we have all that history. Maybe I would keep that game and get rid of the Texas Bowl, um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just not in love with it. And then you have the the two bottom uh, of the barrel bowls for the Big Twelve: the First Responder Bowl and the Armed Forces Bowl. That's in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl and in Fort Worth in TCU Stadium. Look, I. I those are just bad. Again, you have, what, four or five games that we have ties to in the state of Texas. Again, I, I understand the importance of it, 
but I want a little bit of variety. You know, I would love to, I'll keep the Alamo Bowl, you know, keep, you know, now I, I'd keep the Alamo Bowl, I'd keep the Cheez-It Bowl, and I, and I guess I would keep the Guaranteed Rate Bowl just because of the history there, although I wish they would move it, you know, to like Arizona, Arizona State's football stadium instead of play, being played in a baseball stadium, but I'd get rid of the rest of them. I don't need two extra bowl games, three extra bowl games in Texas. Um, I, I especially you don't need two lower end ones in the Metroplex. Um, you know, try to get back in the Holiday Bowl. I know everyone wants to be in the Vegas Bowl. You know, there's a lot of different bowl games that I hope the Big Twelve at least attempts to get into the rotation and switch some stuff around. And even if we lost the Alamo Bowl and then picked up, you know, one of these, uh, you know, bigger tier uh, bowl games. Uh, you know, outside of the New Year's Six, I'd be fine with that. I just hope that the Big 12 switches it up here in a couple years when Brett Yormark goes back to the negotiating table with these bowl games. The final thing, and, and this before I talk specifically about K-State's uh, bowl games, kind of my memories of some of them, um, it is interesting to see how these different, uh, you know, bowl games and conferences have their relationships. As far as I can tell, the Big 12 is one of the only conferences that at least if you if you do some reading into it, and I don't know how much say the conference does or doesn't have, but it's one of the, if not the only power conference that when you read up on their bull selection, it basically sounds like the bulls have a picking order and they get to pick whoever they want. You know, you look at the SEC, the SEC tells the Bulls, here's who we're going to give you. The Big Ten, it sounds like, does something very similar. Pac-12, ACC, at least if you read on their conference websites, it sounds like it's more of a collaboration. I don't know how I feel about that, if I'm being honest. Again, this is why in the past, K-State has been uh, perceived to kind of be been screwed over when it comes to bowl selection uh, inside the conference because it isn't straight up by the standings. I think we've gotten hurt by that with the Bulls choosing teams. You know, famously or infamously, you know, part of the reason why Missouri alleges that they wanted to leave the Big 12, I think they're just butthurt losers, uh, but them getting passed over for the Orange Bowl in KU's season. We've seen it countless times. Hell, we we've, we see, we see it almost every year where Texas is getting to jump folks to go to the Texas Bowl or Alamo Bowl. It happens a lot. Um, I don't know what the perfect mix is. I, I, I wish the conference had a little bit of say. I wish uh, you know maybe even the schools had a little bit of a say like the SEC does as well. Ultimately, I just find that interesting. Now, like I said, I'm going to talk about some of my memories with K-State Bowl games, but I want you guys to uh, text in, tweet in your own memories with K-State Bowl games. Which ones have you been to? What memories do you have watching games on TV? Which games are you mad that, you, you know, we went to this bowl game instead of another? I want to hear all of your thoughts. So tweet at Bosco's Boys, tweet at Scott Wildcat. Let me know any of your own K-State Bowl memories. 
Now, as the as you guys are listening to this, this is my last day as a 30-year-old. I will turn 31 tomorrow as you guys are listening to them. So it dates me a little bit. But if you go through you know, the list of K-State Bowl games, the first one, the Independence Bowl, you know, as I'm watching the Independence Bowl, uh, a loss versus Wisconsin. Um, the big story on that, and again, 49,000 people showed up. Jim Dickey, the only bowl pre-Bill Snyder. The big story, and I, I remember talking to my dad about it, you hear about this from some of the older fans, is Jim Dickey, the season before, redshirted all the seniors and just kind of, you know, tanked, you know, the season before to go to a bowl game, the school's first bowl game. Um, that, that's always an interesting story when stuff gets brought up when you're talking to some of the fans, um, you know, the older fans and how they recount that decision. Um, that always is a fun little trivia question. You know, what is the first bowl game in K-State history? Um, and I think I actually got who we played wrong back when Steve, uh, you know, put together the trivia game uh, back in the offseason. The next one, and it's Bill Snyder's first bowl, uh, the Copper Bowl, which again has shifted names a million times, um, but a beatdown of Wyoming, 52-17, to 17, December 29, 1993 versus Wyoming. Now, I was not alive for this. I don't have any great memories of this. Uh, at all, but what I will bring up, what I will talk about is my father, Kevin, who has been on the show multiple times. He's probably in the top three or four uh, most recurring guests. The sweatshirt he wears around the house a lot during football season actually is the Copper Bowl sweatshirt from that year. It has the logo on the front and it has K-State's schedule going 9-2-1 and one on the back. Um, again, I have no memories of this game. I've never watched it on YouTube or anything like that. But I love that sweatshirt that my dad has. And anytime I get on eBay uh, looking at some vintage stuff, if that exact sweatshirt ever comes up in his size, I'm going to instantly buy it just in case that other one gets a little too worn and torn. I know nothing about the Aloha Bowl on Christmas Day 1994 losing to Boston College. Uh, you know... I will say this, after after being in Honolulu uh, this past summer, it would sure be a hard trip to pass up. Again, on Christmas, as we talked about on the drunk Q&A, I don't necessarily want to be anywhere else on Christmas, but seeing a K-State bowl game in Hawaii, you know, if you're going to have to travel, that might be a good one. Holiday Bowl, we're 3-0 in the Holiday Bowl, the first win coming over Colorado State. 51,000 fans. That was the first bowl game I've ever been to. I'll get to it again. I don't really know much about that game at all. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, uh, one of the massive games. You know, everyone tells the story about that 1990, uh, yeah, yeah, excuse me, 1997 Cotton Bowl from the 96 season. You know, the, the urban legend is K-State. The K-State fan base is what uh, saved the Cotton Bowl. Uh, that that was a record for most fans crossing state lines to see a college football game. This is what really started the legend of K-State fans traveling to bowl games. Now, it was in a loss versus BYU. Uh, but, again, you you have those you know big-time hits. I, I believe it was Mario Smith. Um, 
big time hit, which would probably be targeting nowadays. It shows up in all these different highlights. Uh, but again, this was the bowl game that kind of started the urban legend. And, and maybe urban legend is uh, not, uh, is probably selling it short, is what really started getting K-State's reputation as a fan base that just followed for bowl games. Um, the next one is the Fiesta Bowl versus Donovan McNabb. Um, K-State wins that one absolutely massive. Right now, I mean, as of this point, that is the biggest bowl win in K-State history. Um, Michael Bishop taking it to Donovan McNabb, completing, uh, at least winning percentage-wise, the greatest season in the history of K-State football. Now, I don't really have many memories of that game, but what I do remember is going to school, and, and I can't remember if it's before the bowl game, after the bowl game, but I was wearing, I believe, a Fiesta Bowl shirt, um, and, and I remembered... Uh, one of the K-State fan teachers uh, in elementary school saying, yep, going to Fiesta Bowl this year, we're going next year. And just saying, uh, I hope we know our reservations this time next year, all this type of stuff. And I was like, what is what is going on? Well, that's where the national championship was the very next year. So that's kind of my very first kind of memory connected to K-State Bowl games. Wearing that shirt and having a teacher be like, yeah, I hope we have our reservations for the next year. Kind of being confused and then realizing later that, okay, uh, that's where K-State is going, uh, or where the national championship is next year. My first real memory, and it's not really of the game, but it's kind of surrounding the game, is being pissed off because K-State was losing to Purdue. And I couldn't, like, when I was a kid, this is the Alamo Bowl. You know, you lose to Texas A&M, you fall all the way to the Alamo Bowl, um, some rules are put in place um, for bowl selection because of it. But I just remember being confused. Like, what the hell? Where's Purdue? What's a Boilermaker? And then just being pissed off that we lost and kind of stomping around the house. Um, so that's that's all I remember there. I have no memories of the 99 Fiesta Bowl. But, of course, uh, that's keep, keeping the great history of K-State in the Fiesta Bowl, beating the Huskies. One of my first real memories, it's the Cotton Bowl from the 2000 season. It's played in 2001. I remember our family having uh, people over during that game. I believe there were like Black Eyed Peas maybe. Um, I remember there being one of those portable like little handheld TVs, uh, you know, tuner TVs in the bathroom. And a bunch of, I, I believe my family on my mom's side uh, coming over during the game and, you know, they're not K-State fans, but me and my dad are watching the game. Uh, Cotton Bowl, again, massive victory, beating Tennessee. If, if you if you are going to argue against the 97 Fiesta Bowl being our biggest bowl win, you would say the 2000 Cotton Bowl. Um, so that is one to remember. Um, I remember when we got announced for the 2001 Insight.com Bowl, I was trying to wrap my head around like what is an insight.com bowl of course that is the copper bowl we will play in it in a few other versions of it again nothing too crazy remembering that um but here's where the biggest and best memories i have the 2002 season k-state gets to go to the holiday bowl now i'm starting to get older i'm following every single game life or death I think I have a couple different, you know, jerseys, K-State jerseys. 
Um, such a fun team to watch. And then, of course, we get to go to the Alamo Bowl. Or not the Alamo Bowl, excuse me, the Holiday Bowl. So my family, we're, we're going to the Holiday Bowl. Um, it's I, I'm pumped about it. I remember my brother really wanting it to be the Alamo Bowl because it was in a dome. I don't really kind of recall what all went into that, but we get to go to the Holiday Bowl. Um, we fly out on Christmas Day. Um, just a lot of fun memories about that. It, it's one of the stories where around Christmas time, uh, my family, we always talk about, we, we recount it. Everything's closed on Christmas Day once we finally get to San Diego. But our hotel is near this outdoor mall. My dad and my brother and I walking around this outdoor mall. They're playing Christmas music while my mom is probably relaxing after having to deal with, you know, us crazy kids traveling all day on Christmas. Absolute great memory. Uh, go to SeaWorld, uh, which is now problematic. Uh, you know, we just have a blast. We go to the pep rally where my brother got super mad because they were making fun of us beating KU for the millionth time in a row. And then on uh, the game day day, on my birthday, we go over to Tijuana, Mexico, and we're just kind of walking around Mexico. And I think I was in a bad mood the entire time because I was worried about wanting to get back and make the game on time. You know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to go to the game. Uh, sure enough, uh, we get there. It, it's uh, one of the more, not historic, but one of the more memorable wins coming from behind, getting the dub. And then there was this obnoxious Arizona State fan who we saw at breakfast at the hotel every single day. I think we were kind of smug to him uh, the next morning. But we get back to the hotel after the game, and it's my birthday. You know, it's my 11th birthday and, uh, you know, we asked the hotel restaurant, hey, do you guys have any cake? Well, all they have is cheesecake, um, but they brought out cheesecake with a candle. I blew it out, and now uh, I, I sometimes will have, I'll choose to have cheesecake over birthday cake on my birthday. So that is always going to be one of the most special uh, bowl game memories. Of course, the next year, the Fiesta Bowl, um, we were celebrating my uh, birthday at a bowling alley. That's what I always used to do growing up and uh, finding out about what L. Roberson is. I think I think it was that day my dad and I had a uh, conversation about what, uh, you know, what it is, what L. Roberson was alleged of, and I learned everything about consent on that day. So a lot of life lessons coming from that one. Going to that bowl uh, drought and here's when the memories really start kicking in because, you know, you're getting a little bit older. I remember the Texas Bowl, the inaugural Texas Bowl, and it being on NFL Network. I just thought that was the absolute coolest thing in the world. And then, of course, the sociopath that is Ron Prince, uh, we get our asses kicked. I think the story goes they brought the wrong sort of cleats for the game. At least I think that's how the story went. Um, I, then another bowl drought, and then we come back, and it's the Pinstripe Bowl. Again, another inaugural bowl game uh we have the controversial ending and this is where i i think i had twitter i got twitter just a few days before that and i was absolutely melting melting down at the uh salute and all that type of stuff and i remember the very next game players scoring touchdowns saluting all that type of stuff i also remember uh, everyone who tried to go to the game had just the damnedest time trying to get there because of snowstorms. Uh, great times. Uh, the next one, 
Uh, so I, I go to the next two bowl games, the Cotton Bowl. Um, have to deal with Arkansas fans, just absolute vile creatures. Um, you know, the, the game wasn't really that close. It, it was not a fun game. Uh, the funnest part about that trip uh, was some, something that happened after that game that I'm just going to leave off the podcast. But it was fun to be in those big-time games. It was fun to be in Jerry World. Again, it was the first time um, of many that I went to that stadium, just in awe of the stadium. It was a super cool stadium. Tons of K-State students there. I remember waking up at like 4.30 in the morning to get in line to get tickets for that game. Uh, absolute uh, blast. Um, but you, again, you you have that disappointment of not going to the Sugar Bowl, thinking, hey, we're going to the Sugar Bowl, we're going to the Sugar Bowl. I think they picked Michigan over us uh, for that game. I think it's Michigan-Virginia Tech in that Sugar Bowl, I believe. I don't know, someone will have to fact check me. I just remember melting down uh, sophomore year of college, just pissed off as all hell that we got passed over. Um, and we would have won that one. Again, that was a salty Arkansas team. You could have made an argument. Oh, hell, I mean, I think they were a top five team. Um, so, uh, that that one sucked. That game sucked. Um, Fiesta Bowl, again, we, we don't really, it's a sad end to what was such a great season. Uh, I got to go to that game as well. Got in a massive, massive fight. Some of my friends in college. Uh, so then I end up going with a different group of friends. Shout out to the 1848 Todd uh, guys. That's uh, when I started becoming friends with them. And then later I would live with them the following year. Uh, also, again, lots of people go. I remember getting in line, 6 a.m., student tickets sold out. Uh, at that point, I was on a, a student advisory group to the athletic department. I remember uh, going out of line, going to John Curry's office with a couple other people and Scott Garrett. And... He's on the phone buying tickets from Oregon. Uh, so we had more student tickets to sell to our fans. Again, disappointing game, uh, but a fun trip altogether. Um, again, those were the ones uh, in college. After that, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. And this was a really fun one. Kicking Michigan's ass um, and just kind of really having a fun season in 2013. I remember being so upset with Tyler Lockett. Uh, because Daniel Sams gets into that game, throws one of the best balls he's ever thrown in a K-State jersey. Should be a touchdown. Tyler Lockett drops it. But kicking Michigan's ass, uh, especially you know when they're you know the winningest program of all time, uh, that was a real fun one. The Alamo Bowl the very next year, that was an interesting game because going into it, you know K-State I believe was ranked tenth, UCLA ranked fourteenth, and K-State made a furious comeback. I think we were down like 31-6 to at halftime. Um, but coming back, making a game late, um, you know, losing that game, it sucked. But I remember watching it thinking, you know, what a big game it was. Disappointing start. Furious, uh, you know, finish. That would have been a fun one to win. And again, I didn't go, but love the Alamo Bowl. Liberty Bowl, play Arkansas again. And this was the game where I was like, I will never I will never go to a bowl game where we play Arkansas again. 61,000 fans, uh, just rabid, stinky, weird uh, Arkansas fans just made it a horrible experience. That was a fun trip, though. Um, Probably the closest I've ever come to truly being on a bender was that uh, bowl trip. Um, But I just never want to be around Arkansas fans at a bowl game ever again. 
Um, back-to-back bowl wins, and, you know, looking back through, that's the only the second time in K-State history back-to-back bowl wins. Texas Bowl and then the Cactus Bowl. First being Texas A&M, that Texas Bowl. That one might be one of the best uh, bowl games. I didn't go. I've only been to one bowl win, and that was that Holiday Bowl back in the day. But that might be one of the best ones because, again, there's all the talk about Miles Garrett, all this talk about how is K-State going to stop him, SEC, SEC speed, all that type of stuff. Scott France puts him in his pocket the entire game. You know, you have the Byron Pringle touchdown, Jesse Ertz just having himself a game, um, just taking care of business, just taking care of business versus – Texas A&M when everyone said we weren't going to um that was an absolutely that was just a lot of fun being a K-State fan getting that win with all the talk all the SEC that one was massive the Cactus Bowl um the the win over UCLA um I didn't let so I'm super pumped we won 35-17 but this was you know Skylar Thompson versus Alex Delton again Alex Delton comes in in the second half and we, uh, you know, put up 28 points, beat UCLA. You, you know, I think Jed Fish was the head coach of UCLA for that game. He, he was acting like a bitch after the game because he was like an, I'm pretty sure he was the interim coach. Um, you know, that, that would end up being Bill Snyder. No, uh, yeah, Bill Snyder's final bowl game. Um, but, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. But that just fueled all the Skylar Thompson versus Alex Delton uh, controversy that would lead into the next year. Um, and that ultimately would have been Bill Snyder's final bowl game. Again, say whatever you want about, you know, Bill Snyder's bowl record. It wasn't great. It was below 500, but, uh, he did go out on two wins. Um, we talked about the Liberty bowl, Chris Collins first year. Again, I thought we were going to go to the Alamo bowl. I thought at worst we were going to go to the you know, outdoor camping bowl or whatever it was in Orlando that year to play Notre Dame. Um, fell all the way to the Liberty Bowl. I melted down a little bit. And then that loss to Navy was not fun. Um, that was one of the infamous K-State Twitter games where uh, people went on Twitter with fake names, fake profiles, acting like K-State fans were taking over Memphis. That was a lot of fun uh, pregame. But losing that one, K-State Twitter was not in a happy place. Uh, losing to Navy 20-17 to 17 in the manner we did, that was not fun. You missed the bowl game in the 2020, but then last year, coming back with a vengeance, kicking LSU's ass. Again, that was a massive one. That was a fun one. I remember doing the live show after that game. Uh, I think everyone just had a blast with that game. Again, uh, p- people will talk. People will try to be like, oh, yeah, it was LSU's backups, all this type of shit. That was just an ultimately fun game. Um, And that's what bowl games are. I love them. I love them so much. You ride so high after bowl games if you win. We took a lot of momentum from that bowl game, no matter what sort of asterisks other people try to put on it. And that's what bowl games can do. As we get ready for the Sugar Bowl, this is going to be the biggest bowl game K-State has ever played in. Um, Win this game. You can make an argument that this is the greatest season. Maybe not the greatest team. I'm not saying it's the best team we've ever had. But it would be the greatest season K-State football has ever had if we can get this win 
on New Year's Eve versus Alabama. So this has been a random show. This has been a lot of me rambling, my own personal type memories. Some of you may not care about this if you're listening at this point. Uh, Tweet at me some of your favorite bowl memories, whether going to games, watching them on TV, or any controversial stuff you remember from bowl games. I hope you guys all had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you're celebrating responsibly. I know a lot of you are going to start going down to New Orleans. I will not. Um, People have heard my stories, but in addition to that, you know, I have to buy uh, some new windows and a new door uh, in my basement because Chauncey is a wild animal. Uh, But we love you guys. Travel safe down to New Orleans. Uh, So for that wild animal, for the dog, who is a good boy most of the time, Chauncey Bosco, for all my family, for all the Wildcats everywhere, beat Alabama. We love you guys, and go Cats. State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight. Podcast Network.